Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Beltaloda, the officially unofficial podcast for the Expanse on Amazon Prime. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking feedback for season six, episode one and two, uh, plus plus some other things. Um, there, there are some webisodes we're going to talk about. There are some other content announcements we want to both make and talk about. And webisodes? I think you mean X-ray. <laughs> bonus features hidden secret <laughs> super secret content that amazon doesn't yeah, actually, want to know anybody anybody to know about yeah that's yeah this stuff. actually might be a downstep from webisodes because webisodes right? everyone could access you know easily on youtube <laughs> or a website like theexpanse.com these things are like fucking you got to get nick cage national treasure with yeah yeah i needed a special spyglass and yeah, wear ben franklin's rainbow goggles uh and and look, look at prime video under a full moon <laughs> then only then can you see him yeah this feels like the mr robot uh meta game metaverse game stuff that they had going um yeah just to watch these things but we'll talk about those uh we'll talk about yeah like i said some other content stuff uh including the telltale game announcement which is interesting and then we'll do feedback um so you've seen uh, currently there are two webisodes out um i I believe they're part of a series called one ship which uh, they each have their own titles or the first one is ankawala the second one is zenobia uh and they're little five minute shorts in case anybody didn't know and probably a lot of you don't actually know that these exist the only way to view these things as best i can tell is to either have a pc that you're watching this on or, or, you know, a browser, a desktop, um, or to have certain brands, certain models of Fire Stick, I think this shows up in. Um, I've also heard that, like, if you have the Prime Video app on a mobile device or a tablet, that you can get them on that as well. Okay. Well, and, and then the, what you have to do is you got to be watching the episode. So uh, hit the play button and then hit the x-ray feature and then go to the bonus section there and it will show you it, it. So for me, it only showed me the first one when I went to the first episode, but it showed me both of them when I went to the second episode. It's so uh, here's another weird thing. Like, as I thought, like, OK, I'll just pop in the first episode and, you know, there's like a 10 second Amazon logo. Mm-hmm. It doesn't show up for that either. You have to get into the episode proper and then hit X-ray and, and, and wow. it'll show up. Uh, and, and the other thing there is, are like, some restrictions on how you can view it, too, not just where uh, it's really hard to view this thing full screen. I had to do some some you'll probably only be able to do this shit if you were a web developer for a little while type yeah. bullshit. Yeah, it opened up the debugger to get it full screen. I, yeah, because there's a full screen button you push on it and the thing that slaps at you. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's so I, I like I'm not I'm not this is not a this is not a dig on uh, the cast and crew and uh, even the production company um, and Anchor, Alcor. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but fun. like it's 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 a it's a it's a shot at Amazon because like it's just it's just a mess. Like I I can go on my 4K TV and I can go to extra and go to bonus features and it happily will show me admittedly very cool behind the scenes like pictures and like production photos and stuff like that. It's 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 really cool. That's the exact same place that this stuff shows up. I just don't know why it doesn't. And right. I what what adding insult to injury is apparently the same thing happened over in the Wheel of Time series and fans complained the first uh, episode, the first week and they fixed it. <laughs> so they can so fix it. They, uh, it great. And so I, but I, you know, I'm not a Wheel of Time fan. I'm not. But I, I it's it's one of those things where it was a little frustrating um, to to try to access and so much confusion and uh, so much shooting yourself in the foot over uh, over the stuff. But uh, but yeah. That's uh, you, you, uh, maybe they'll get it fixed, but right now you either have to have the mobile app or a desktop. Um, can't you can't stream it to your TV, or if you do, I did, I did it through Chromecast, but you're literally watching it on a window in a window. <laughs> right, right. Um, but I guess yeah. All bitching aside, what did you think of the the shorts? Uh, I kind of liked them. I, uh-huh. I think here's the thing, though. I feel like Alcon is stuck in this mode of hey and i get it right they made this show they don't distribute this show they don't have a channel to like make money on the show outside of getting other people to pay for it um but it it feels like this should have just been part of an episode but both of these should have just been part of the episode make the episode five minutes longer we're not dealing with the constraints of televised episodes here you can do any length you want and they probably would have worked a lot better in context, even though, well, I'll say as someone who's already seen like the next two episodes, I was trying to place these like half the time I was thinking, OK, when when exactly does this happen? Is this before the the end of the episode? Is this after the end of the episode? Like, do I remember the, what happened in that episode versus like what happened in the next one? Um, so it was a little weird uniquely for me, but I think like why not just put these in the episode where everyone can see them? You've spent the time and money to make them get them in there. Especially since the episodes themselves, I'm not talking about the, these webisodes or these bonus x-ray content. Uh, the episodes themselves have not been extraordinarily long. Like they've been essentially broad broadcasting 43, 45 minutes. You can easily put commercials in there. There's, there's, there's time. And as you say, like on a purely streaming thing, you know, I was just watching uh, The Witcher, where the episode's like 59 minutes a piece. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. You can make them as long as you want. And, and Alcon knows this because the last episode is is uh, kind of supersized for the for this season. So, yeah, so I I'm with you because here's because here's the curse of webisodes. We've said this many times. You can have something that is completely superfluous. Um, so it's just like, you know, and a good example of this is like, uh, they made webisodes between, I think season two and three of, uh, breaking bad. And it was like, (laughs) and it was, it was just like, uh, Jesse's garage band. Yeah. It was Walt's, uh, and, and the Hank shameful story of, of, of hitting on a crossdresser in, you know, and I'm using, I'm just, I'm just doing it in in context of the universe, how it's presented. It, it, it changes nothing of your opinion of the of the show and what's going on. It's just like gives you a little bit of background color um, for these characters or you can make it super vital. But then everyone has to watch it or mm-hmm. your mainline thing is going to suffer. I think that's something that Marvel might have a problem with going forward, because unless you're watching <laughs> literally everything that's on Disney Plus, you know, 
you're you're going to be missing things. And then the challenge is how do you get that information to the regular audiences of the movies and stuff without having to stop down, you know, bog down things in the exposition and stuff. Um, these feel like they're important. Like maybe not mm-hmm. the first one. I was like, okay, well, this is a little bit of like background color. That's exactly the type of thing I'd expect from this type of episode. But the second one is dealing with like, you know, the supreme commander of the Earth and Luna forces dealing with a medical issue mm-hmm. that may or may not be important. Uh, um, I think the medical issue is just stress, which of course, yeah, but there's course. there's a new medicine that she's going to have to take. Like I, yeah, so so yeah. if it's if it's essentially, uh, you know, she's taking. Uh, a chill pill. Mm-hmm. Okay, then it's like, well, why why show the screen of meds? Maybe, yeah, She's yeah, like sleeping. <laughs> but but that's not like what I got from from the thing. So you I, know, know, I like, thought they were emotionally resonant too. I, I feel like they're almost vital um, in that they show that's what, I'm getting what at. the crew yeah. is going through. the The situation between, especially the first one, like the situation between Drummer and her crew, and how Naomi is sort of in the. It, it in the middle of the tug of war there is i don't know i feel like that is important to knowing who drummer is going into these final episodes knowing and, what is driving her yeah and, and I, I think that it, it like builds on a stuff it, it or it doesn't even build on it really underlines things that was said in the previous season you know like where there's a, yeah. there's lots of conversations belt uh drummer and her uh exo slash six sec, you know significant other about like do you love you know you love us too right it's not just naomi like why does it mm-hmm. and um this gets it like like paints a picture of drummer wanting may, maybe is as does have a bit more of a relationship with with naomi than she does with her own crew do you know what ankawala means not exactly I know that well, well uh, the Walla is like people. So the uh, I think I think this Dan maybe it's Ty confirmed because this was used last season as well in episode mm-hmm. season five episode nine, um, uh, referring to this polyamorous Belter family, um, and it means anchor person, not like Walter Cronkite, oh, okay. but like a person that your like soul and emotions are anchored to, or <laughs> sure. alternatively, maybe the the leader in a polyamorous or like the primary. You know the pants wear. Uh, uh, <laughs> um, so your captain, as, yeah, as and is this, the case in the one ship doctrine, sure. And this and this goes, I think, to to kind of show um, that everybody on uh, the 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 ty- uh, What is it? Uh, the Tynan. Tynan. Thank you. I was getting DeWalt and Tynan confused. Um, everybody board sees Drummer as their Ankawala. But Drummer's ankle wall looks like it's Naomi Nagata. Um, or it used to be, was. I, she deletes those messages at the end, which I find... It, I, I find kind of like... I find it both interesting emotionally for her, but I also think it's interesting that everyone is sort of having... Not misunderstandings about each other. They, I think they appropriately understand, but everybody's making judgments and jumping to conclusions about people. They don't... They they see like they're super worried about her having these messages. They don't see her delete these messages, right? And because she's never going to check her private logs again, she'll probably never know. Well, plus she's going to be shipped off to you know uh, some other ship. 
Um, but, mm-hmm. but that, I mean, yeah, like it's like that's why it's a bad idea to ever like snoop on your intimate partner. Like, you know, if there's problems in your relationship that need to be addressed, address those. But like going into someone's private thoughts and trying to interpret them from yeah. an outside perspective mm-hmm. almost always go bad. It goes badly. Like here, maybe Bell, drummer realizes that like she's focused too much on the right? past and she's holding on to these things. And this isn't like her and she needs to devote her time to attention to her family and she's turned that corner. Now all of her partners are all upset about this stuff that like drummer doesn't even think about. And she, so, but the other thing is this does feel important because I, but it, it feels important, but it's stuff that the, that, that they've already introduced into the show. It's just kind of like highlighting it or underlining it or reminding us because as a person who just got done watching the entire series a couple weeks ago, like these are all things that stood out in my mind already. Like the, the sacrifices mm-hmm. a drummer makes uh, for Daomi versus her crew. And the fact that, you know, she lost a good part of her family already uh, because of this. Um, so I wonder what, uh, h- how this is going to shake out. Also, when you're talking about the timing of these episodes, it kind of feels like they're in between because yeah, Michio knows she's being kicked off, which happened in episode one, mm-hmm. but it actually hasn't happened yet. Um, Drummer knows that there is a big uh, debacle in the belt and and all this, but like so, like I feel like, and I we'll have to see as as they progress, but maybe these are all staged in between the two episodes. I think like, so. Or in between yeah. each episode. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and the other thing it does is kind of paints the bleak picture uh, supply wise. Uh, you know being stuck kind of between two worlds here uh of the inners and marco like they're not having much luck drumming up supplies so yeah even like uh avasral's grandchild is doing victory gardens back home essentially you know like oh uh, yeah for that one too for sure (laughs) yeah yeah um but the the things that uh what else we want to discuss because like i said i i thought the medical scan was more like when she loaded up on, you know, scanned herself and then loaded up like her, her medical scan looked like the dashboard of a car that alternator belt or alternators broke. Uh, it's lost all oil pressure. I mean, it's just flashing red shit, man. Like, I, I don't know if that's just stress um, or if it under if it's there's some kind of hmm. underlying medical condition that she might need to I take a new medication for. That would be insane to bring up some kind of life-threatening medical condition in a webisode that you can't watch on anything but one one platform that most people aren't going to be watching the show on. Yeah, it's... No, well, it's, it's that's how they're going to get away in episode three when they show Avasarala freeze-frame floating her cabin with a trickle of blood out of her right, nose. You know, right. they're going <laughs> to... They're yeah. going to cast Anvar her. Sure, just wanted reason. too much money. Too much money she for that did. final season. They, could get, they get her for two and a half episodes, yep. but uh, they, had to, they had to gank her after that. <laughs> Um, I wonder how much they're paying, if anything, for these webisodes to these actors. They got to be paying I something. I wondered the exact the union, same but. thing because, like, it's got to be unless these were literally things cut from the other episodes that they decided to carve out. But that seems insane too. Yeah. Um, my bigger question, I guess, is why is Amazon yeah. making these? Um, why is Dude, Amazon putting I, these out there? Like, because Alcon's making them, right? But Amazon's putting them out there. Why the limited release? Why are they practically hidden? Uh, is is this to get some kind of engagement with the Amazon app and the Amazon Fire Stick? Because if so, I think it's failing miserably because most people didn't even know about these. Man, I don't know. They haven't like, advertised the... them on the show. They haven't advertised them on the the web page for Amazon uh, Prime's Expanse. So, 
It feels like Amazon is uh, treating this show like it's bad money, you know, like they don't want to throw good money after bad. Like they they don't advertise this. Like if you look on, yeah, you know, the front page of Amazon, if you look at I was just in the theater for a big, you know, winter show like Spider-Man and they had a whole Amazon Prime 30, 60 second commercial. And they featured so many shows like Fleabag that haven't been on the air for two and a half years and are never coming back. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, Ma- Marvelous Miss Maisie or whatever. I-, I saw so many of those things. Uh, the-, the Tom Clancy's Without Remorse, which sucked. And I don't think anybody really liked. Uh, and-, and but nothing on The Expanse. Like the fact that you got, you know, six amazing seasons and this is the final one. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. It feels like that whatever internal metrics to Amazon. I saw that the expanse was number two in the US on Amazon video okay. uh, over the weekend. So it's like not the number, but like is it behind still, like sneaky Pete or something? Like, why is it? Yeah, I, I like, but, the, but the, they, they were the, the, they were why aren't tweeting they that stuff that? out. So like, uh, why? I, I don't I don't get it. I don't get it. If um, if this is number two on your platform. Why don't you put a little bit more faith into it? I don't know. Or don't why, know. why pay for these episodes? Because they had to pay something for these episodes. Why make them and shove them into a forgotten hole in Amazon Prime? It seems like a real muddled media message that they're sending out here. Um, yeah. So I wanted, uh, we talked about the medical. The, the only other thing, um, they also do a good job of showing, I think, how. Avastrala feels as the only adult in the room because everybody else just wants to be a, tan- a toddler, you know, oh, it's nuke them in the nuke until they glow, shoot them in the dark, you know, uh, talking about how the yeah. series was like partially melted and then frozen together to. Um, but uh, the other thing that the Martian fleet admiral said that he wants to get a hold of traders and give him treat him to a Hecate keel haul. <laughs> Do you know what a, what, what a keel haul historically I represented Jim. Have a vague idea, um, knowing that uh, a keel is part of a boat, and that, that knowing the definition of the word haul. Uh, I assume they they tie a rope to you, throw you off the back of the boat, and then drag you till you drown in the water. Um. So the way I've heard it explained, and I think these are kind of, I've always seen it, heard it described as kind of semi mythical. Yeah. You know, like a, a punishment, but like so the keel is the backbone of the ship. Um, and there is two different types. There was like the, uh, uh, port to starboard keel hull where they would rig up a rope through the yard arms of the ship and they tie a person to be punished to it. And they'd run the cable to the underside of the ship to the other side and they would pull on it and they would pull the person overboard and they would drag along the side, the bottom of the boat and then to the, get to the other side and you could do it multiple times. You could also do huh. the fore aft keel hull where you uh, drag someone from the front of the ship along the bottom to the back of the ship. And, you know, some of these ships could be 300 plus feet long, so you could drown. Um, and in any case, almost all of these ships were covered and crusted in barnacles on the bottom. Mm. Um, so you would just be cut to ribbons um, through through this. I don't know what the space version of a keel haul <laughs> looks like. Like, <laughs> yeah, put you in they a tether suit pers- and, then- and they just start doing like tight spirals. And- sure, sure. Uh, yeah, whip, yeah, whip it around. It, it's a flip and burn. While, yeah, while you're tied just, to the back of the ship. <laughs> yeah, they do. They do a bunch of that uh, to you. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't. I don't know. Um, I would like to see a Martian Hecate uh, keel haul. Hecate also. We talked about this in the episode. That's the there's um, a volcano, a series of volcanoes um, called Hecate, and uh, apparently that's one of the larger Martian military bases, because Bobby was talking about dragging off the crew to Rossinanti to be debriefed 
quote unquote at Hecate base. Hmm. That's it. That's all I got to talk about the two episodes. Okay. Uh, what other ships do you think we'll see? Like, it seems like obvious we'll get to the Rosinante and to the Pella. But like yeah. after that, I'm like something on Laconia, maybe. Yeah, maybe the Laconia, one of the surviving uh, <laughs> Laconian ships. Maybe a series uh, station. Ooh, that that, cool? is that a ship? The only other thing is like, yeah, it, it, really, it, it, like for a final one, if they do one, because that's the other thing. If these are happening after, like maybe there will only be five. Um, yeah, but I can, can also be, see can the, the proto molecule battlecruiser. I would love to see, or uh-huh. whatever the hell that thing is. I would love to see that. <laughs> I don't know if the one ship doctrine applies so much there. I feel, I feel like, I don't know. The one ship doctrine is interesting because it's it's a belter thing, right? And they're sort of like polyamorous uh, ship based relationships. Uh, are kind of the impetus for that whole thing, but also. Some of the belters I know extend that to all of humanity in some ways. Mm. They'll like talk about how you know, the Earthers and, and the Martians are also part of that one chip of humanity. It, and a lot of belters reject that. A lot of th- th- this is sure. touched on in the books. Mm-hmm. Um, I I like the idea. I do wonder when when uh, Avasarala came up, I was kind of a little confused by the one ship doctrine because. She seems to be talking about it, and I'm. I don't know. Is she is she applying that now to to Earth, just to her ship, like what yeah. to everyone? Is she taking it beyond and, and kind of putting that that label on everyone, including the Belters? Not sure. Not sure. I did think it'd be interesting to see a, a proto molecule ship because literally one, they're all part of it. They're like all melted into the reactor core. And oh yeah, like this yeah, heaving ship, scream it out! It reaches out! It reaches out! One hundred thirteen <laughs> times seconds. It, yeah, it's like it'd be truly one one ship in in a uh, Davy Jones, <laughs> yeah, Pirates of the Caribbean sense of the word. No, that that would be super interesting. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, before we move on, speaking of shorts that may or may not have to do with the larger expanse universe, uh, one last time uh, before Christmas that I'll, that I'll get get your guys's ear to bend it. Uh, check out a very belt of Christmas. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast, it's it's in your feed. Statistics show that uh, over 25% of the regular listeners of Beltalota have not given a very Belt of Christmas a chance. Uh, you can watch, listen there. You can watch on our website uh, or YouTube, youtube.com slash baldmove. It's getting good reviews. Like, uh, I think maybe we didn't mention this. Like, this isn't our regular kind of bald move jackass type project. Like, we actually tried to make it good. Uh, mm-hmm. it's not, yeah. it's not funny. It's not, you know, it's not, not funny. There's a couple of uh, chuckles, but it's, it's, it's heartwarming mm-hmm. and it's, uh, um, we, we try to put some, some emotion in, into it as befits a Christmas special. So, uh, check it out if you haven't already. I think you guys will really enjoy it. Um, it's a lot of fun, you know, uh, Christmas traditions in the belt explored, um, and some real pathos uncovered. Uh, I think you guys will like it there. You mentioned in in our tease there is another um, side belt uh, uh, expanse project that's been recently announced. Yeah. No, Amazon may not want to uh, continue to promote and and make content in the expanse universe, but Alcon does, uh, and apparently so does Telltale, company that died a grisly and horrible death and then was resurrected by a cash infusion from some other company. Uh, they're making a uh, the expanse 
game. I don't know. I, I assume that's what they'll call it. The Expanse or something. Um, and it's going to be based around Drummer, apparently, based on the uh, preview for it or the teaser that I saw. It's all about the, the, the myth, I would say. The, it, it's mostly a myth, the legend of Drummer and, and kind of what she stands for, what people think of her in the belt. Um, that whole teaser goes into it a little bit. Yeah, I think it's, um, you know, we've played through a lot of Telltale games. It's something we did, you know, because there was the Walking Dead ones, there's the Game of Thrones ones, um, and we play it a little different than most people. We we called mm-hmm. them Bad Guy X, like Bad Guy Clem, uh, Bad Guy Forrester. Uh, we try to, on our playthrough, decide what is the worst and or least popular thing you can do, and we score it based on how few percentage of people because every time you get done with a chapter, they'll tell you like 17% of the players screwed their best friend or 11% killed a small child. We, we, we try to, we try to go for a golf score, the lowest percent of people who, yeah. uh, who, who did the choice. So we, we, we go through some of the lesser seen branches of, uh, uh, telltale logic. Uh, I'm excited to play this and I think it would be a really good, like bad guy drummer. Yeah, I mean, yeah. drummer essentially plays l- real life the way we play the expanse. Like she's always doing right? the most provocative or craziest or aggressive <laughs> things. So we yeah. might have to do good guy drummer just to break the mold. I was gonna say the only other person I could think of that would be harder to play with our play style is like Marco. Mm, <laughs> bad yeah, guy Marco doesn't quite work guy, as a goof. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, so is because uh, I the one thing I was worried is like, do you think there's gonna be a bait and switch where it's like, oh, it's drummer, drummer, drummer. you're actually going to be like the third mate on the Tynan who's just kind of observing these things? But could be. Uh, but but do you think know. you're actually playing drummer? Because that's exciting. Yeah, it would be a real bummer to not play drummer uh, based on that tra- <laughs> based on that teaser trailer, because yeah. that is what it's all about. And I, I will say that sometimes Telltale does do central characters. Like there was a whole mm-hmm. mini series with Michonne from The Walking Dead. Yeah. Um, but a lot of times you end up, yeah, sure, you'll meet uh, famous characters from Game of Thrones, but you're playing some minor house or some handmaiden to the queen. Or you know, it's very rare that you're actually, you know, Ned Stark or, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Sansa or Joffrey or any, it's, you're usually playing minor characters because they don't want to fuck up the main canon, you know? Right. Um, I do imagine we'll know, we'll have a clearer picture of whether or not it's possible to play a drummer at the end of this season, right? Right. We'll, we'll kind of right. see where they leave her, assuming she's still alive uh, at That's the end true. of this. But I, I think even for like, there is so much, like, because she spent some, one of the seasons just being an independent kind of bounty hunter pirate, and you mm-hmm. could set some really fun kind of Han Solo type adventures just in that indefinite indef- time period of that, where it wouldn't, yeah. you know, you've got the, uh, her rage quitting the DeBelter fleet, and then becoming independent, and then, of course, being assumed into Marco's bullshit. But in between there, you've got a lot of... You could you could tell some impactful stories that wouldn't really impact the main timeline, mm-hmm. which is what they can't do, right? You know, you can't... Drummer can't blow up the ring gate. Yeah, uh, obviously. <laughs> drummer can't destroy Earth or Mars. Um, uh-huh. But, uh, yeah, it should be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Same here. All right. I think it's time to get into feedback. Let's do it. First, let's take a quick break. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're getting geared up for the 6th Annual Summer Badass Fest. And while we're working on a slate of apex badass films to enjoy, we've got an early action-packed announcement to make. Just like last year, we're kicking off Badass Season with a live movie watch and podcast recording. We've rented out a theater for connoisseurs of action films and bald move fans that just want to have a great time. Unlike last year, this year's movie is top secret. Hush, hush. No hints. Except, it's incredibly badass. It stars an absolute icon of the genre. We're willing to bet most of you haven't seen it, and it's going to be an incredible viewing experience with a packed house of bald movers. Those of you who came to last year's screening of Total Recall know what a party it was. And those of you who didn't, (laughs) now's your chance to experience it. Meet me and Jim. Order some custom movie-themed drinks at the theater's full bar. Then watch us record the full podcast for the movie. We reserved a venue over twice the size as last year, but seating is still limited. It's happening Friday, 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 June 21st at 7 p.m. in our hometown of Cincinnati. Get full details and buy tickets at baldmove.com slash live. Cincinnati's actually a pretty great city to visit, and we've got lots of details for side adventures on our event page as well. The Reds are playing the Boston Red Sox in their fantastic Riverside Stadium. The thrills of Kings Island just minutes away, and I'll be leading a kayak trip down the scenic Little Miami River on Saturday. Again, get full details and get your tickets now on our Badass Fest 6 page at baldmove.com slash live live. All right, first up, uh, I wanted to address the elephant in the room, which we've addressed already, but Cliff wants to readdress or tell us to stop addressing it. Um, I love the show. Listen immediately after watching every episode. Thanks, Cliff. But please stop using so much of your time speculating on next season instead of talking about this one. Uh, I will say, I can't say too much about this, but the books take a break before the next, or yeah, before the next book. So between books six and seven, there's a break. It stands to reason that they're also taking a break on the show as well and will reassemble when the time slash backing is right. Just have some faith that the Navu will make it to that distant star. Maybe it won't, but speculating in a vacuum isn't that satisfying. I, I kind of agree with you. Um, it's not super satisfying, but it, it, it does seem to be based on the feedback that we got and what's happening in fan communities, the thing that everyone's talking about. and. Certainly, I think it's worth talking about um, as fans of The Expanse, if, if for no other reason than to just have like a thing that we can all <laughs> be talking about and speculating about, because that brings people closer together. And I, I feel like we kind of need it coming into the end of this. 
Yeah, I mean, that's what I always, and sometimes this steers me wrong every once in a while, but like I, you know, one of the things I guess that's the magic about Bald Move is we do try to keep it like at a fan level. Like we've been doing this for a very long time and now we Mm -hmm. start to get screener access and like sometimes we get to interview showrunners, which is not the average fan. We go to pretty good lengths to try to like maintain the fact that we're just fans. Like I do have access to all the episodes, but I'm not watching any further ahead than I need to to keep a, a week ahead of the show because like I've just heard other podcasts and other things where the people have seen the whole thing and there's, it becomes this knowing kind of like, well, you know, this might be confusing now, but just wait until you see how it. Well, I don't, I don't we wanna... do that with books. I mean, it's, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. It, that's why we do the mile. But like, it's, I, I think that like you can become too kind of knowing and like, you feel like you, you've got, you're better than the, the audience or you've got special access, whatever. And I try to avoid that. Um, so I talk, yeah. so, so like I take it as a matter of faith that, you know, me and Jim were recording, especially his first two episodes, we record them weeks ahead of time. Uh, we don't know what the fan community is going to talk about. Our fan community for the expanse episode one is me and Jim. So if our fan community is really fixated on Jesus, how does this fit into the future? What does the future look like? It stands a reason to the other side of the community will too. Now, mm-hmm. I also think that like, most of our episodes have been an hour and a half long and maybe we spent 10 or 15 minutes, but like we're, we're spending a good chunk of time talking about the present episode. Oh yeah. So I get it. And I know that like, especially since like, it's not positive, you know, I was, and maybe, maybe this is because I was so positive. I never, never even considered until about two or three weeks ago that we wouldn't get more expanse. Like I yeah. was like, this is just a negotiating uh, a tactic, but now it's starting to feel like, Oh shit we're not going to get the expanse for a really long time. And I also think that you are whist- a little bit whistling past a graveyard, thinking that you can shut something like this down and it just can be resurrected three, five, ten years ago. Oh no. I think that's not correct. Like, you know, people get older, people move on to different contracts. Uh, you know, people sets get torn down, uh, effects, uh, people move on to different projects. And there's all kinds of problems that uh, the fan base, dis, you know, disbands in, in the face because there's going to be, as far as I can tell, no new expanse content other than this Telltale game mm-hmm. for the foreseeable future. Like Dan and Ty are done. Maybe there's some short stories. Maybe they'll do. But like, it's it. And it's, it's very hard to maintain a fan base in the face of no new content for a long time. And without that, like. Oh, yeah. So I'm scared. I mean, this comes from a genuine place as a, as a person who really likes the expanse and was very confident that we would get a full telling of the story. And now that that's not happening. So, yeah, I, I think we have talked it out now. Like, you know, uh, uh-huh. obviously yeah. we'll hear from our community. Um, but but In it was podcast. like that, that. Yeah, that's something that me and Jim just genuinely organically talked about because we cared about it and we were worried. So uh, g- good news for you, Cliff. We're not going to do too much talking about that here at the beginning of this show um everybody who wrote in kind of had speculation that is a slight spoiler to some people i'm sure so i've taken all of the feedback that's talking about laconia and future books even though it's not specifically spoilery and i've put it at the end of this podcast so we will talk more about that and like the end of the show or potential end of the show but we'll do it at the end of this episode so uh I guess you can you can tune out then, but we'll probably spend a good 15 minutes on that at the end of this. Uh, but let's move on to something else right now. Uh, Edwin from Denver starts off here with uh, on your Azure Dragon podcast. You were wondering why a carbon based life form would be 
poisoned by a protein bar. Well, apparently he's done some research on this, or maybe he went to school on it. Who knows? Uh, all life on Earth uses the same 20 amino acids to build proteins. There are many more potential amino acids uh, life could have chosen, as there are a near infinite amount of choices. Chance of life on another planet would have chosen the same 20 amino, amino acids is pretty low, and that's assuming they even use proteins and DNA rather than accomplishing the same thing in another way. Introducing molecules your body can't process can cause mild or severe problems. Could be as mild as a lactose intolerant person getting the shits from lactose, or it could be much worse, as is the case with the dead bird. With 1,300 worlds, I'm sure there are countless biological differences from different evolutionary choices. I think there is some mention in the books of some settlers getting lucky with planets that have ecosystems that are more similar to Earth, so it allow them to more quickly develop agriculture and everything that follows. Uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, you underestimate, we underestimated in that podcast, the number of interactions uh, that could cause adverse effects, certainly. I would think, you know, I, I can think of tons that cause adverse reactions on our planet here that we have been uh, selected for. So, yeah, there's some the alien world. <laughs> Someone made me feel real stupid on Twitter when they're like, if you don't understand why an alien can't eat human food without dying, consider that your dog could eat exactly. a Hershey bar and convulse itself to death. And or you I could eat, eat the eat wrong it. mushroom and yeah, or, or yeah. like you see, like you land on a planet, uh, uh, an alien or like, like, let's say that the human that was separated from Earth for 100 years. So I don't know any better lands on Earth and sees a cow eat grass and they just start getting handfuls and eat like we don't have the thing in our gut that allows us to break down cellulose. And to, mm -hmm. so like there's all kinds of and, and that was just us being dumb, dumb, no I science mean, education, <laughs> can't think too good kind of, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Because, yeah, if you'd even thought about it a little bit, you could think of many different things yeah. that uh, that that are that are problematic. Uh, and, and that's just all of us evolving from the same common ancestor a billion years ago exactly. to now. So, geez. Yeah. On the same planet, let alone thirteen hundred different worlds. Yeah. Yeah. So, yep, you're absolutely right. All right. Matt S. While I'm enjoying the expanse, I'm acutely aware of how little time we have with this season. And yet it spins. Uh. It's spending it stuffing around on an alien planet with dodgy child acting. Oh, oh, dodgy child acting. Ooh, ooh. I don't know. I got she dodged. Like hey, her. she dodged that. She dodged that car fine. <laughs> All right. Uh, episode two wasted eight minutes out of forty-five on the backdoor pilot for a Saturday morning kids show. I expect to dread that they'll be opening each episode with this. <clears throat> I hope there's a payoff, but I'm spending the time watching the runtime tick down and wishing we were with the Rosinante. How are you feeling about that right now? Are you I was a, starting so, to settle into this or no? And we've seen slightly ahead of you guys, but um, I will say that I was gripped up by that the first because I just couldn't see how in the world it could mm -hmm. like unless these purple dogs are going to come rampaging through the ring gate around episode five. Like I can't imagine it's going to impact the plot for this season. Um, but I will say that I've relaxed a little bit because like I'm to get mad at them taking away from screen time for something else, you got to point to like what is suffering. And I keep kind of being amazed at how efficient the storytelling is and how they're not abandoning like 
Um, they're still like taking time to show the crew's grieving of Alex. They're still showing, taking the time to show how the difficulty of Peaches inter- uh, integrating through the crew. Um, the detention that, that's that's between the crew because of the extreme deprivation and stress of the job. Like, yeah, they're doing all that now. The one thing I guess I could say that they're not doing, and 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 that is, um, and I can't remember if this is an observation we made for episode three or not. It's not spoilery, but previous episodes, previous seasons, there would be digressions. You know, like you would have uh, you, you'd have incomplete information from both sides and people are doing one thing and, and, and Earth is getting the wrong idea about it. And Mars is getting the wrong idea about it. The belt's getting the wrong idea about it. Holden, who's got the right idea, is trying to fix all that. But he's got the wrong idea because he and there was like a lot of surprises like, oh, man, mm-hmm. uh, not only do I not know how they're going to get out of this, but the way the heroes get out of it is going to change because of some new information that's going to happen. And in this season so far, it's been pretty much threat, countermeasure, resolution, threat, countermeasure, resolution, whereas other episodes would have threat, false threat, pseudo threat, mistaken threat, attempted countermeasure, attempted countermeasure, accidental countermeasure that then causes other complications. Do you know what I mean? So like it's a countermeasure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's there's yeah. a lot. Th- th- this thing feels linear, um, uh-huh. but that's also like final chapter itis like when you are watching a thing that you love that you don't want to end when you start to feel the timelines and the plot lines converging and the characters converging you don't like it because the mysteries are not ever expanding they are shrinking (laughs) unless you're Um, lost and then we all know how that goes right right so like i i think that's a natural tendency and and sometimes it's warranted because like i you know around season seven of or season yeah it's late late season six early season seven of game of thrones people were saying the same kind of thing and i was like well you know sometimes Littlefinger's going to run out of scheming because it's the end of the book. It's the end of the series and unless you think he's just going to keep scheming forever like he's got to meet like he's got to run at the end of his rope, right? Mm-hmm. Um, turns out, you know, uh, Game of Thrones was a was a was a bag of doggy do set on fire on a doorstep, so it, it was just a kind of debacle all around. But like I've seen this like uh, same thing, uh, game or um, Breaking Bad, you know, like when when we were getting to the end, the people started getting gripped up because it's it's just over, and you can see it, you can yeah. see the finish yeah. line, you can see where Mister Chips is going to turn to Scarface. And you don't yeah. like it, not because it's not good. It represents the end. The same thing, like when I get the same way in on a vacation. There's a distinct feel, yeah, sure. change of the feel of my vacation when I'm halfway through it, and there's a distinct change in the feel when I'm like on the last night of vacation because the knowledge that it's ending is affecting my enjoyment. And I think that's something that you know you can keep in mind as fans. Like, am I not liking this because it's bad, uh, or am I not liking this because it's wrapping up and I don't want it to end? Yeah, it's not even just that, you know, you're thinking about it ending and so it's making it worse. It's like if you're flipping over cards from a from a deck and you flip over that first card, it could be any of 52 cards. Holy shit. There's so many possibilities. When you get to the last card to flip over, you know exactly what it is and you have yeah. to. It's just the natural progression. Yeah. So, yeah, shows get to a point where they have to do the thing at the end that everybody kind of sees coming and then it's over. And it might not feel super satisfying in the way that early seasons did, but and, uh, there's the, the added complication here is that uh, every fan, even the ones that haven't read the books, I think know that there is more. 
and like they're also judging like well how well are they setting up this thing that i know exists but the show doesn't and it doesn't care to set that up and i you know um there we we got drug a little bit on on people saying that like you you guys it's frustrating here you guys speculate about the strange dog stuff because it's so vitally important and i'm like again unless these purple dogs are coming streaming through the ring gate which maybe is possible in some way in the midpoint of episode five or something. No, it's not. It's not going to be important for this season. And this season is all we're going guaranteed to get. Yeah. This series, it's, it's not going to be important for this series. It might be important to the books, but, and it might be inserted for some theoretical mini series or movie series that it happens from some years from now. But like, Mm -hmm. uh, fans out of the here and now can be rightly concerned that you're spending time, essentially for a fancy trailer for a new project that's not guaranteed yeah. to happen. And like I said, like I get that, but like, I'm also, I'm not seeing the holes of where, you know, this is taking away. Like if it was mm-hmm. like five minutes and then like, we're really sure, like, it's just, it's just all plot and there's no like quiet character moments and there's no like, you know, Calersa Mao in, in integrating to the crew. I'd be a lot more upset about it, but like I'm looking and I'm not seeing where those holes are, at least through the episodes we've seen. Yeah. No, I'm with you. Um, Alex A from New York uh, has a few observations and comments along these lines. Uh, not sure if it's still the case, but when they filmed season six, six actors going to Canada had to quarantine for 14 days before they could set foot on set. I'm sure that raised the level of difficulty to get someone like Jared Harris back on the show. I think the events from Strange Dogs novella are there to give the audience a taste of the grander scope of the series as it was if it was to go forward. And in order to do justice to the last three books, the budget would need to be considerably larger scale. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, they, it, it seems like everybody who has read these books, uh, says that, yes, what they're doing here is some kind of prelude to those books. Um, or, or, you know, like you said, a commercial for what could be future expanse. Uh, but yeah, if it doesn't take away, that's fine. I, I think you're right on about, um, some of the issues around covid and uh getting actors back on the show i'm sure if jared harris has to quarantine to get into this show it's a much bigger ask uh yeah it can't just be come on in in the studio for an hour it's come to canada spend 14 days in a probably nice hotel but still still uh it's 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 still like a full two weeks of shooting that's two episodes worth of shooting just to get a person to to show up um and that's got to be yeah that's got to that's got to be rough Mm -hmm. um and I, the other thing is like, um, cause I, there's a, you know, if you're a big fan and you're listening to lots of podcasts, you're probably, uh, listening to t- the tie and that guy podcast. And they've also been talking there about like one of the reasons we only got six episodes is because Amazon gave them a budget. And when they saw the budget, they realized they could tell the story better with less hours of more expensive show. Mm. than your traditional 12 to 13 episode season that they'd have more time to tell the story but there's some things like the daring you know like they couldn't pull across like um you know the the duel between the azure dragon and the ross and auntie um yeah so i don't think that helps either when fans get the idea that they're getting a compromised version of something because of some third party that might not love it the way the creators and the fans do they're going in there and just being like you can only have so much fun Mm -hmm. and that 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 rankles too although i 
one thing I know because like we our our screener copies are like shaky 720p uh inversion and like you know when I watch it with my family um it's glorious 4k on my nice tv in the living room I noticed something like in that uh, plume drive battle between the Azure Dragon and the Rasananti is like whenever whenever the Azure Dragon flipped and burned and roasted the Rossi with its uh, cone, the the hull glows red (laughs) and the superstructures and stuff. So like it's like fucking up the Rasananti's hull and Mm -hmm. I didn't even see that. But it's like really you can see a clear like orange glow from where it lit up the hull and you think like, oh, how many how many more times they could do that? But yeah, I so I think that that's all to say. I think the increased effects are war- warranted. Like we've already seen mm-hmm. the first two episodes, some beautiful effect shots, um, and some like really great space battles. Um, so I think it's the right call. But like, I, I that's the kind of stuff that just drives fans crazy when you hear that like it's compromised budget. You know? Yeah, I, I will say there's another space battle coming up. Won't say anything about it. Who it's with? Nothing. Uh. But it's probably my favorite space battle of the entire series so far. And Agreed. man, if we lost that battle, because it's in the books too, I'd be so disappointed. Because uh, yeah. it's it's so good. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I, I'm with you. Uh, I'd rather, I guess I'd rather them spend the money in ways that they feel they need to uh, on fewer episodes than try and do more and just have shoddy effects work or something. Mm-hmm. Because like, show or have to cut battle scenes, or cut like things that. exactly. Yeah. yeah, you want this to feel epic and exciting, and uh, I think they're nailing that part of it. Sure. Mm-hmm. All right, Mike's up next. He says, "I never submit feedback, but wanted to reach out and see if you would consider covering the last three books in some way." I'm in the middle of the last book. Don't worry, no spoilers, and it feels incomplete not to get your takes on the rest of the story. I was hoping that after the show finishes, you could maybe do a podcast covering each of the books, maybe even do a book club format, break it into two or three chunks. Not sure what your numbers are like for the Expanse coverage, but figured I'd suggest the idea. If the TV series doesn't continue in some way, it would really stink not to get your feelings on the third trilogy. Uh, I'm definitely going to read these books at some point. Uh, I I cannot and I will not promise that there will be any kind of organized coverage. I know that at the very least, what will happen is we'll talk about it on one of our other premium shows, which is off the clock, because that's where we talk about kind of the stuff we've been doing in, in, in our personal lives, um, where that don't have books a, we've been reading, shows we've been lot, watching, yeah. movies. Yeah, that don't have their own podcasts. I would think, though, if we were to discuss it, we would probably also throw that into the expanse uh, the Belt to Load of podcast feed. But. I'm not sure. Sometimes that stuff gets overlooked. Yeah, I don't I, I'm, I'm with you because like, um, you know, I don't know what the audience looks like after this show, like officially disbands and all that kind of stuff. But like, I'm with you. I'm going to read the last three books for sure. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of where we would would talk about it. Um, and, uh, and it changes like, my relationship with the material. Like I, I, I have always read these books ahead of time at my own pace um, for my own enjoyment. I have not ever sat down to read one of these books thinking what am I going to say about this book on a podcast and I think that would change my relationship with it probably not for the better if I if history is any indication I will say that like one thing that I did because we never did this but like I've read every single book uh, up to this and when I read it I the I read it on my Kindle and the Kindle's got an ability to where you can like just highlight passages and at the end of it, you can see like all your highlights and it's just like all the thing and like mm-hmm. that 
quickly or organically builds like a hot list of things that I would like to talk about. So like, I, I, I don't find that in, you know, say like anytime I think something funny or interesting or cool, I just click and highlight it and like, bam, it doesn't really, like, I don't have to pause and take a note or anything. But I think well, that's how I would do I listen it. to the audiobooks. So well, see, that's your that's but number one, you're fucked two ways because that's not really re- no, I'm not going <laughs> to. No, 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 no. I know we, we talked about we've talked <laughs> yeah. about that prejudice. I don't All agree right. with it. But but no, yeah, that obviously makes it a, a lot harder. Yeah, I'd have to take notes and fuck that. I'm not I'm not doing that. But we probably we probably will talk about those books in some capacity in the future. Uh, but it might just be in our club. Who knows? All right, different Matt S, because um, there was a Matt S before this, or Matt S maybe after this, um, says, I, am I the only one to get <laughs> season two Breaking Bad vibes from the opening scenes of the first two episodes of yet seemingly unrelated to the main story that will come back and be super relevant in future episodes? And he's wondering if anyone's checked the episode titles for a hidden meaning. He's, gonna, he's gonna calling it now. They're, they're built, the thing they're building around Laconia is a space traveling seven. Wait, seven. Yeah, yeah. The episode four down. is called Rock. Uh, episode five is called Down Over, and five uh-huh. is UN headquarters. Six is UN headquarters. <laughs> he's cracked the kick. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know what? I will say that it's interesting you mentioned that because that's my least favorite plot of Breaking Bad. <laughs> it's really the only thing I consider a misstep because it felt not it it. It shined a spotlight on what I thought think is fundamentally shaky storytelling. Um, mm. So I hope it, that, but but I you know a lot of people really really like that. I know I'm in the minority. Um, sure. I don't know. That's what uh, people keep saying. That like it's like oh you're missing you guys you just know like it's going to be so important later. And I'm like later with an asterisk because if unless it's later as episode five or six, then like it's kind of not material. If it's yeah. later in another yeah. series you're probably going to have to set all this stuff up anyway. Like it's my understanding of this strange dog novella explicitly takes place in a timeline between book six and seven. Right. So like it can't possibly interface with this season <laughs> unless they're reshuffled, which they do. They've they done, done sometimes yeah. in the adaptation, but like they're adapting to nowhere. They're adapting to a finish line. So I, I don't, I don't see it. I don't see it. I'd be delighted to be proved wrong, but I think that you're, you know, like, like, do fans want to get ignored, annoyed by a trailer for a new expanse project that we might not get, you know, maybe, but like, I'm only going to be annoyed if I look back and think, ah, the rest of the storytelling got shortchanged because of it. And I also fundamentally disagree with this is just terrible. Like, Oh yeah, no, I don't, you know, I don't think it's bad. I think it's just yeah. like a head scratcher. Yeah. Like people <laughs> are talking about how bad the set looks and how bad, like I, and, uh, honest to God, I know maybe it's because I saw it in 720p, but I've seen them since right. in 4k, like, and I'm not seeing like, oh, this just looks like, like fucking land before time. Like there's a sleet sack on the, in the corner and like, no, like, I, I think it looks, it looks good. Um, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it was easier in season four because they were showing the stark alien landscape and this is a lush, alive one. And that's like, it's, it's kind of hard to hide the fact that this is kind of earth plants on a soundstage and all, but like I, I don't know well, I think they're doing a good job of it this is a soundstage as compared yeah, and you can tell I think it shows this is a stage not not an outdoor space like you had on Illus so yeah yeah but I you know I, I grew up on TNG where literally oh, there God. was three alien planets you could go to there was the rocky uh, backdrop there was the uh, Southern California <laughs> d- d- National Forest and uh uh, then there's the redressed version of the Rocky uh, uh, setup that they did. And it was just all different matte paintings in the background. So it's sometimes like, they maybe... didn't bother. They just put the blue screen up and we're like, yeah, that's <laughs> sky. That's sky. 
I mean, and, and maybe that's because maybe I grew up and cut my teeth on that and I'm able to like overlook right. it. But like, I don't know, because I've definitely seen cheap sets that I've called out. I just uh, this doesn't feel like it. One of them. Yep. All right. The Irish monk uh, has a small point here. The scene where Avasarala commissions Monica might never result in a devastation of Earth scene or impact the story directly. However, it is the type of scene that really draws me to the expanse. It shows Avasarala's appreciation that victory involves a ground war and an air war. And even in the heat of a space war, she's still thinking about a spin win, <laughs> which I think I get what you're saying. Your, ter- your clever terminology has thrown me a bit, but I, I get it. Uh, I-, I know the writers are bound to six episodes, but I admire their willingness to put this on screen, even if it doesn't lead to much. And who knows? Maybe it will. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. This is like one of the like... Um minor complicate because it is like a, a like solidly b plot it's not involving like yeah. an invasion or military maneuvers or space combat or something like that but like the kind of hearts and mind operation and it's like that's why I, like i don't i don't yeah. know that the storytelling is that much short change this season well i think they've done some really smart things with combining and in rearranging plots um because in the books, this this happens, but it's a different character doing it, um, and it's a character that you need. Macho to, Peru. Yeah, it's Macho. At Peru. it again. No, it's a character that you, if you're going to tell this story in six episodes, you need that person to be doing other things. They can't be spending their time on this because they have more important things to do. Um, and so having Monica do this makes a lot of sense. Uh, they did the same thing with like Fred Johnson because him dying last season has kind of freed up a lot of time in this season that they don't, they, they no longer have to worry about because he's a part of this book. And I won't, I won't say too much for people who want to read the book, but he, he's a part of book six and they just don't have to do any of that stuff because he's already gone. So like, I, I think there is like some compression that they've done maybe inadvertently in past seasons. Maybe they didn't realize that they were doing it at the time. Um, and that they're currently doing to really tighten up the story and only tell the necessary parts and still make it feel like they're getting a whole story in there and, and a rich story too. Or it could be that they always knew that seven, eight, nine is going to be a long shot because it's could such be. a yeah. you know potentially a different story with the di- and that they were always aiming for six because that's kind of what they said last season. And I remember saying saying like, oh, this is just negotiating tactics. But the more I see the season, the more I think damn, this might be, you know, this, this, this might be the, uh, the, the, where they planned on ending all along and knew that they, whatever budget, whatever kind like they would have to respin something completely different for the next series because yeah, the next, yeah. You know, I keep on going back to like the, the expansion of the universe between season three and season four is immense. You went from one solar system to 1100. Mm-hmm. And but it was still all mankind, right? It's all mankind squabbling over even you know it's a, it's a new land rush, things like that. If if purple dinosaur dogs or is the future going forward, most icely cantina stuff, Star Wars type of stuff, that's another expansion that would have to have a commiserate. But like if you're gonna have to have like a yeah. third of your cast CGI characters, or I'm just speculating, I haven't read, but like yeah, that's not going. You're not going to get it done on the expanse budget. So they might have always wanted to stop here and then do something else or maybe not even try to adapt it because it's 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 too unfilled i don't know i don't know yeah uh all right i got one more here and then we'll get to the spoiler stuff 
uh, Lou says, I was listening to your coverage on the Expanse Season 6, Episode 2, Azura Dragon, and you mentioned that you weren't sure what the ship name Irizami meant. And to write in if you have some idea. Here's where you're supposed to get excited. I'm excited. What's Walker's ship mean? Truth be told, I have no idea. But when, I watched, <laughs> when I watched the episode the first time, I thought I heard it called the Inna's Army. Which I took to meant they were announcing the Inners had sent their army. Then I saw on screen that his ship name uh, was Irizami. Anyway, I just wanted to share my interpretation, which may or may not just be me mishearing, misreading the name of the ship. What do you think about the, the, Inners, the Inners Army uh, theory here? Reminded me of the time we were playing uh, Castle Risk with my brother, and someone asked him where his hidden armies were, and he goes, I keep my hidden armies in my hidden sleeveys. <laughs> and and, and okay. it's about that funny. Yeah. It's <laughs> pretty bad. Crickets, just crickets on the podcast. Yep. <laughs> Sorry for roasting you, man. Uh but uh yeah. I the thing is is like I didn't have subtitles because you never do, but no. they actually there is an insert of the ship being scanned and it clearly says on the screen Irizami, so can't be inner army. Good, good call. Like I, that would signal the walker is like a real well walla, well yeah. waka. If you if if you know what I mean. Well waka waka. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. We have a few spoiler emails to get to. They're mostly spoilers because they deal with things. Uh, let's say the space between uh, book six and seven. And I I know some people consider that. Uh, you know how much knowing how much time passes or doesn't pass, uh, a spoiler. So I kind of rounded all that all up here. I will say, if you don't want any spoilers, you can head out now. If you do want spoilers, come on through. Uh, the thin, the thin, thin veil. I mean, you can see right through this freaking thing. Uh, but we're all back here. We're gonna talk about it and party a little bit. Uh, but first, let's take a quick break. All right, spoiler section. Uh, we're gonna start off with. Rex, I came to your podcast through your foundation coverage. I was happy to see you guys recovering the expanse. I will say, however, you guys should have read the books. Oh boy. I'm hearing a lot of questions, speculation that do have answers. The biggest one being the cargo ships coming through the gate. That's a huge scene in the books and key to the climax so much that I was surprised to see in the trailers. Uh, Also the conversation about Bobby. She does end up becoming a Rossi crew member in a later book and isn't in the story arc. But if you listen to the Ty and that guy podcast, you hear Ty and Frank talking about how if they were going to bring the actor for Bobby back in a later season, they still would have to pay her to hold her. Pretty sure this is why they just went ahead and wrote the whole dying Mars story arc. Uh, yeah, that. Hmm. But wait, dying Mars is in the books. Well, yeah, are, are they I writing mean, the books? Vaguely, are they writing it's... the books to suit? Because I, I, I did get the feeling, and I think that they've confirmed that like the reason the drummer exists in the books is because they liked what Kara G-, G was doing so much, and they kind of like you know, and and they you know, it's one of those things where it's like they started adapting the series when they were three or four books into writing, and then they started thinking like, oh, there's a couple of streamlines, and there's a couple, of, and they actually liked it, and that kind of fed back in the book. But are they suggesting that it fed back so much that they started writing a dying Mars plotline in book five to accommodate like what they're going to do with actors no. when they, nah, that? No, seems... book five was already out before. That would have been a thing. I, I okay. assume. I mean, that was what, five years ago. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. 
no, I, I what I'm assuming they're talking about is bringing in the stuff about like from the novella, which I can't remember the name of at the moment, uh, where Bobby is on Mars and you know, oh, was in, like side jobs or odd jobs or extra shifts or something like that. Yeah, point pointless stuff that we probably shouldn't have uh, <laughs> put in the show. No, I what he's saying is basically they might have done that stuff in the main show just to keep Frankie around, which. I don't know. That seems like a pretty thin reason to do something that major because that was a big part of the show mm-hmm. for that season. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't remember a ton about the book. I did read the books. I, I well, I read up through book six. Um, and I don't remember a ton of it. I don't remember that scene with the cargo ships coming through the gate to be, uh, crucial to the climax i remember i remember how that book ends but not that part of it mm, i don't know man i don't know and that's the other thing is like if you should read the books like fine okay i mean like i think that uh but that's the thing our podcast is not a book first podcast our podcast is a tv show first podcast and if we happen to have knowledge about the books we talk about it uh, in a spoiler section that we expect everyone to tune out of. So like, no, I think the speculation is warranted. Um, and I don't think our podcast would be better for the vast majority of people. If we had read the books, like you said earlier in the podcast, then we'd just be like, Oh, I know a thing that I can't say, but I know it. And you guys don't. Yeah. Like Jim and, just did with the, there's this really cool space battle. You haven't seen it yet, but it's really cool. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we'd, we'd just be insufferable that way. I mean, that's getting people hyped. <laughs> that's getting people hyped and talking to the point of the budget. So what do you want? What do you want? You only got two, you only got two what? Two days left to wait. Yeah. It's, it's just get, get excited. Get excited. Yeah. Uh, all right. Arcade shenanigans says, I shared your concern finding out that, uh, this was only going to be a six episode run. Uh, I just wanted to comment without being too specific that the events and setup of book seven are in a time jump measured in decades, not months or even years. So much that it gave me a knee jerk repulsion at first. Uh, wait, shouldn't some of these characters be in an old folks home? Show does touch on the life expectancy of the privileged classes being over 100 years, though. And the shock fades somewhat as you lean into the third trilogy story. The byproduct of that time jump is that a lot of stuff happens on Laconia between books six and seven, even things not yet covered in detail by the novellas. All this to say, I have faith in the authors and showrunners. There's plenty of room to populate a B or C side story on Laconia while wrapping up the current story arc without strip mining the third trilogy. I expect it will be similar to season three ending, wrapped up but plenty of threads to tug, tug on in a future streaming project. For the Screaming Firehawks out there, I think it's Amazon Movie or Bust for a completion. I think scattered streaming rights as much as production costs will stand in the way of a non-Amazon future venture. I don't know who owns the back catalog streaming rights after the current season. Mm, Dan, that's a good question. But if it's Amazon, I wouldn't count on a third white knight to save the series. HBO, for instance, wouldn't take a trilogy to cap off a series exclusive to another streaming service. They would have to buy the full rights and bank on the third trilogy and backstreaming subscribers to justify the expanse. That's a good point. This is, I mean, Amazon definitely paid for those rights, right? You can go right now and stream episodes, uh, seasons all, one through all three. All five episodes, yep. Yeah, um, no problem. So they either, either Alcon owns all those rights and licensed it to Amazon, 
or sci-fi owned those rights and is licensing it to amazon um, i think alcon and i and I, I said that's like i you can it's it's easier to get a show from sci-fi or alcon than it is to get a show from amazon what oh, is the incentive yeah. for amazon to license this to hbo so that they can take over the show and make the final three seasons that the fans love yeah i like i said the more like i start thinking about the details and like i hadn't even considered this the fact that like what does it look like for you know like it, like imagine if you were i don't i mean i can't even imagine like uh i yeah, like it, it, the closest thing I think of is like one like Netflix owning Star Trek Next Generation and Amazon owning the Deep Space Nine. But that's not even the same because it's like truly a different series. I don't know what it looks like. I will say that like I like a year and a half ago, I got spoiled on the Expanse subreddit by someone carelessly saying that uh, the there's a big, you know, I think when people started first getting gripped up about they're not making it, people like, I always consider a concern to that because there's like a several decades gap between the end of book six and book seven. And you start thinking about that. It's like, what the fuck does that even look like? Like 60 year old Holden, 70 year old, mm-hmm. like Ava Sarala is 120 <laughs> years old yeah. or whatever. And she's already described as this kind of wizened husk of, she's not nearly as, as lush and, and uh, Amos's favorite stripper in the book. It doesn't seem like as, although he still is, is all about it. Um, okay. I, I don't know because like also the life expectancy of a, of a well-off earther is in the one fifties. I, uh, I understand in the book. So maybe that's like, you know, you could put some crow's feet in Steven Strait's, uh, I, you know, the corner of his eyes and everything would, would be cool. Um, you give a punch on Amos. Uh, I, I don't know what that looks like. Um, I also don't know how yeah. vital it is because, as the series is gone, it seems like they spend less and less time really fixating on the distances. Like, quite frankly, the warp drive that they're employing, like they, they've they've rediscovered warp drive in between seasons like four and five, because like mm. the distances they travel stated and the times given don't quite match up as much as they used to. But yeah, I, I don't know. Um, to me, this sounds like a recast and redevelopment. Um, and what does that look like? And that, that, so I, I didn't like knowing that, but I've kind of relaxed because I'm like, well, it sounds like the the final trilogy of books is a very different story and almost a different setting. Because obviously if you give 30 years for whatever Laconia is up to to bake, yeah, that is going to be something really different. Yeah. I mean, are they trying to say in the show that they can get all this stuff done that would take 30 years in the books in six months in the gap we had between five and six. Yeah. And that's why, why I was getting out the time compression is like, I don't like, if you want to keep the main cast looking young, uh, you just like say it's a five year gap instead of, uh, yeah. you know, I don't 30, 40 year gap, but I don't think anyone bats an eye. And like, also I think people would appreciate the five years of, uh, Cortazar with this proto molecule fucking around that could, could do some big stuff. But I, again, I'm, I'm, I do have no idea what seven, eight, nine look like and how crazy things get like, you know, the big look battle helical battle cruiser in orbit of Laconia implies that things will get crazy. But like in a way that like, how the fuck does earth and Mars win or the belt or solar system, the the original solar system humans, like does the seven, eight, nine just become like the story of like, 
the Martian renegades just becoming the new overlords and they're brought down from internal pressures or terrorists or stuff like, are, are we well, all the belters? Are we all the belters in, in, in this dark, uh, you know, Martian Spartan timeline? Yeah. Uh, I don't know if that's what officer Wallace says <laughs> in, the, in the webisode, right? Yeah. We've, the air and water are killing us. We've become the belters. Yeah. 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 Um, damn. I but but yeah I I I don't I don't know but that that does make a lot of sense if it, there's that big of a jump I don't know how and if it's vital to the plot uh, mm-hmm. for whatever reason yeah I don't know how you continue with this cast and crew because if you just had a like a t- thing that says thirty years later at the beginning of season seven like I can just hear I I remember how I felt when the yada yada like a year in between season three, like, you know, there's a break between them finishing book two and Mm -hmm. the ring gate happening. And I'm like, you know, I'm like, fuck yeah, we're going to get Bobby as part of the crew. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And we flash forward and like, none of that shit was happening. And it was all like yada yada. And like, where did practice? Like I was kind of, it took me an episode or two to get back into it. I felt like the wit. So I don't know. That, yeah, 30 years is like a different series kind of break, right? 30 years is like a sequel. Star Wars prequels to Star Wars originals yes. is like 30 years. And you're thinking, boy, not, uh, yeah, there are a couple of characters who are the same, but everything else has changed. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it would be wild. I don't know. I don't see it happening because of all the streaming rights stuff you're talking about. And it would have to be. But I do think it it does sound like if this expanse fandom continues in the same way that like Star Trek can fandom continued and Star Wars Mm -hmm. fandom continued that five or ten years down the line, the like a momentum building for like, why not do a trilogy of movies? Um, And, you know, it'd probably be one of those, you know, Denis Villeneuve kind of doing where like, well, we'll give you the budget to make one. And if it flops, then we won't get um, because I can't imagine anyone would be like, hey, yeah, here's five hundred million dollars. Make all the do a Lord of the Rings type of deal and just do it all and come back to it. Like, I, I mean, crazier things have happened because the Lord of the Rings deal did happen. You know, it happened because a filmmaker was willing to kind of work for peanuts in a country that had very cheap uh, filming, you know, like it had a, a, like a nascent industry that, you know, didn't, didn't, didn't cost as much as Hollywood and all that kind of stuff. But like stranger things have happened. Like, would you, would you watch a Bollywood, the expanse seasons (laughs) seven, eight, nine? No, I probably would. No, you know, uh, but like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, what is the what is the weird thing that could happen? Like special effects technology just continues to drop and drop and drop. That could happen. Mm-hmm. You know, um, recasting the main cast. And it's like, you know, just imagine imagine uh, like the J.J. Abrams uh, reboot of Star Trek only with the expanse in season like, you know, movie seven, eight, nine. Like that could work. But like, fuck, I mean, we're just making sh- we're just making shit up now. Yeah. In this discussion. Here's what I expect. I expect the 30 year gap not to be between the books and the story they're telling but to be real world 30 years from now in the year 2050 we're going to have an expansive reboot and someone will eventually get around to telling this entire story because it's a great series and i feel like it could be told even better like it's it's excellent don't get me wrong but i feel like if somebody committed to something that big yeah you could definitely do it better yeah, I wonder about that, like with the Harry Potter films, like, you know, now that the, the are those will get years, rebooted. 
like yep. the, like as a, like a like an HBO series. And like if that does really well, I think it benefits a lot of projects that like people might be like, you know, hey, e- even well regarded IP. Like uh, the, the one thing I, I like, I like, could you do Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings? Like, I, I don't know those. I, I don't <sighs> know if you could, could, could quite reboot those, but that would be an interesting model. And if, if something like that started happening or if someone like rebooted Star Wars like a Disney's like, man, we really fucked up those sequels. You know what? Let's just do, <laughs> let's just, let's, let's just redo the whole series and uh, we'll have a new and, and we'll like fix some things that went wrong and Han will shoot first. And like, I, I if that stuff starts happening and it's successful, then I don't, but I don't know. I I'm, I've gone from extreme optimism to extreme pessimism on more expanse. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? The books are the books, and I'm gonna really enjoy reading seven, eight, and nine. And you know, uh, I'll probably feel good about that. But uh, you know, I if you li- listen back to our season three coverage, I said at the time because there was up in the air, like we didn't know we we're gonna get more expanse. Yeah, I'm like, if this is all we got, I'm pretty satisfied because all the questions I had about Earth and and the solar system and the proto molecule and bringing people to justice and all that. Like those all got answered and then they kicked the door open to a much bigger story, but mm-hmm. I wasn't invested in it. And I'm like, well, that sounds cool. I'd like to see more. But if I, it, I, I wouldn't have felt ripped off or jerked around. This yeah. isn't like Cowboy Bebop where like season one got canceled and that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a there was a definitive end to the storyline and then something else started afterwards. And I think that is what we're going to get this year. And I think that you're going to think uh, about all the six seasons. You're like, this is a satisfying conclusion to the story that was presented. And there's clearly a door kicked open to something much larger, but, and I would like to see more of that, but you're not going to feel ripped off or you're not going to feel like the story is incomplete. That's what I'm looking forward to at the end of the season. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure they will wrap it up nicely. And if there are any open ends, um, Maybe we can talk on those for a movie later. I'm kind of with you. I think that'd be the easiest and best way to get this done. Uh, and probably I would. I don't know. It depends on how long Amazon's got the rights to streaming all of this for. But you know, if they want to do a movie a few years down the line and then kind of have it complete the catalog, then they could. Sure. Uh, Kyle G also had another message about this, but uh, it's we've covered everything, so I'm not going to read it. But thanks for writing in, uh, and that's it. That's going to do it for the episode. Uh, Thank you, everybody who wrote in. We're going to be doing this again come the new year uh, after episode four. So if you want to get your takes in, you can do so at expanse at baldmove.com. Send those emails in and we'll get them compiled for the feedback episode in two weeks, two-ish weeks. Um. Yeah, yeah, and, that's and then we'll be with you in real time for the final, the the penultimate and finale episode. Yeah, and we'll be considering feedback on the weekly podcasts there. Uh, well, quick. not not on the weekly podcast, but weekly with the podcast. Uh, another thing that we're going to try for the final two episodes is we're going to watch the premiere real time with y'all. Um, we're going to like go live fifteen minutes or so before seven p.m. Eastern on Thursdays which is that's right when the, the episodes drop in our time zone. We're going to go on twitch.tv slash bald move. And we're going to live watch this, which means you can get your first watch in with the bald move community. I have no idea what people think about that. Like it's kind of shaky. Like, do you want to watch your first watch of something to be with a bunch of yahoos? 
uh, you know, making yeah. observations and cracking jokes and stuff? Or do you want to get to one? And, and I, I don't know. We're, it's an experiment. We've never done it before. We're in the position with these screeners that we can already have our coverage done and they can, we don't have to worry about it and we can just come and, and, and experience it. And maybe it won't work. Maybe only three or four people show up, maybe three or 400 people show up. Who knows? Uh, but if that sounds like a good time and you want to support us, go to uh, twitch.tv slash bald move each Thursday before 7 p.m. Eastern, which I think is uh, they're doing that. Isn't that like uh, midnight GMT? Is that when it's released? Uh, it doesn't sound right though. No, they no, it's not. <laughs> I, okay. I, I, yeah, it might be. It might be. I I would say the other thing is we're not doing that for th- episodes three and four. We're doing that for the last two, five and yes, six. Yes, the penultimate and ultimate finale episode. So episodes five and six. Yeah, we're we're spending Christmas with our families the next two weeks. But uh, when we come yeah. back in the new year, there'll be two episodes left. And we're going to try these live airings as as the show drops on the Amazon uh, Amazon network. And that's the other thing is like if the final episodes are delayed for some reason, it might be yeah. anticlimactic. We get there in seven o'clock and seven fifteen and seven thirty seven, and we're like, ah, fuck whoa, it. Whoa, whoa, you're waiting a half an hour for these things to drop. They've been dropping pretty consistently on time, which I've no, they I've have been happy to see. So. They have, but I know that there's a few episodes of I think the boys that had like a different delay because yeah. of maybe they were working on sub who know who the fuck knows with this shit but like i'm just saying mm-hmm. that that that's our plan things could go things could change but the that's what we want to try for these final two episodes not episodes three not episode four five and six seven p.m eastern at twitch.tv slash bald moon um and that's if you've never tried that before uh you have to be an amazon prime member which of course if you're watching amazon you already are you have to have a free Twitch account, and it takes about 30 seconds to link the two. And if you go to our, our About section on twitch.tv slash baldmove, there's a link to a document that'll help you do that. But it's slick. Once you do, like you, it automatically synchronizes the playback for everybody who's watching it, including me and Jim. So it's like you sitting on the couch watching it with us. It's kind of neat. Mm-hmm. Um, so if, if that sounds cool, check it out. And uh, well, that's it. That's all we got to talk about this week. Uh, we cannot wait to see what uh, you guys think about uh, episode three and four we've got those episodes ready to go they will drop at the exact same time the episode drops so as soon as you're done uh come on over to our podcast and and see what we thought of it like jim said get your feedback into expanse at ballmove.com we'll consider that uh combined episode three and four in the new year and uh yeah uh merry christmas hope you have a happy new year and uh we'll see you in the new year for a fresh batch of feedback until then i'm your host aaron and i'm jim See ya.